0: I gotta go here and, like, translate to English, you know, oh, okay, review email addresses, check your phone numbers, pages liked or followed. I, they, they really want to get it secure, but they I, I guess I have to, like, make a brand new email because they removed all of my old email that were associated with my account. I don't, what do they get out of doing this? Like, clicks on those fake links? I don't know, send help.
1: Well, Michael Flynn and his son are gonna try and capture you in
0: a net now
1: since you're... <laughs>
0: oh my god we were
2: talking about uh was it leasing it out to Bezos? leasing out the panhandle of oklahoma well actually i think what's going on is that um the fbi has finally found out about the show after our ad got picked up by some right-wingers and they like reported us as like the international communist terrorists or something that we 100 percent actually aren't (laughs) trying to convert their children through podcasts which is totally true actually (laughs) That is, yeah, that actually, that, yeah, I guess that was kind of relevant in context, like having an actual ad saying, "Come listen us." But now, <laughs> now, now, now we're
1: the face of international communism in the deep Midwest. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> are we? Are we atomless today? I didn't even realize.
2: Yeah, Adam said he's sick. It's kind of like, so I guess I guess he's got a scratchy throat or something. Um.
0: Oh, I got you. I, I was just over there, so hopefully I'm not dying. but understandable. This is how they take us out. This is how they remove the threat of international
1: communism. They got Adam sick. They're hacking your accounts, Parker. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, my accounts
0: are done for. What am I ever do without Facebook?
2: And now you had to go to Starbucks because they cut off your internet. And as we all know, Starbucks <laughs> is... There, There is nothing more communist than a multinational corporation.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, one that especially runs an a, a, exquisite PR, pro, like extensive PR program to try to be as leftist as they can.
2: Yeah, what so, do you think those, those red cups are?
1: <laughs> those red cups they hand out at Christmas. It's the red flag of communism.
2: Nothing says uh, communism like, uh, quote-unquote holiday cups, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Triple parentheses, holiday cups. <laughs> Oh, my God. oh God! Oh They're coming for us. I'm. They're coming. For, I'm, we we all might have to move to Argentina soon.
0: <laughs> why why why
2: there? Because they don't. You get a cool helicopter ride. <laughs> do, do they? Do they? Do
0: they have a safe haven for communists down there? Because well, I think so. I mean, the CIA will still be able to find us by their track record.
2: Well, yeah, but Mossad's the only actual international spy organization that will get people in other countries because well that's what no it's chile i'm thinking of chile chile is the one where where you don't get where you can go live in their embassy um
1: yeah no if we go to argentina allende will throw us out of a helicopter over the ocean
2: (laughs) (laughs) true facts stated oh but then oh. At least we
0: can see the toppling of South American governments firsthand. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting.
2: That would be cool. Like, well, well, I guess I... I don't know if there... Was there a stay-behind in Germany? No, they didn't have a stay-behind. They didn't have an Operation Gladio in Germany because they were just like, oh, yes, the main German conservative party will just elect Nazis. That, that works. We don't need a stay-behind party. Um, yeah, we're not safe anywhere, except for you, Lassie. You do live in the heart of international... I commun- New England. That's right. <laughs> uh, the conflation
0: of footballs and communism is what New England is known for.
2: <laughs> sure New England is the capital of
1: neoliberalism.
2: <laughs> no, what says international communism more than having Wall Street in your geographic part of the world?
1: <laughs> Wall Street's not New England.
2: <laughs> it's all the same to me. Okay. New York, New England.
1: Uh, that's true, though. We do we do have uh, international communist Bernie Sanders up in Vermont. So, truly the heart of the farthest left part of the world.
2: <laughs> yeah. Burlington, says, Vermont. Nothing says far left like saying maybe we should have basic social democracy. <laughs> Radical left. <laughs> Many months has come and gone since I wandered
1: from my home. In those Oklahoma hills where I was born
2: Many a page of life has turned Many a lesson I have learned Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong Way down yonder in the Indian Nation Ride my pony on the reservation In those Oklahoma
1: hills where I was born
2: now way down yonder in the Indian Nation, the Cowboys' life is my occupation. And there's Oklahoma hills where I was born. I'm Carl Roberts, and this week we've got Parker Nelson and Steven Lastman on the show. And this is Red Star Over Oklahoma. Uh, we are a small political and news podcast broadcasting about Left Oklahoma, but before we really start doing talking about the big news stories this week, we just got a brief message from our sponsors. Hi,
0: uh, I'm Parker Nelson.
1: And I'm Stephen Lastman. Our greatest responsibility is to serve our communities. We're extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that Red Star of Oklahoma
0: produces. But we're concerned about the troubling trend of irresponsible, one-sided news stories plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media.
1: More alarming, social media outlets publish these same fake news stories. Stories that just aren't true, without checking facts first.
0: Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platform to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. But at
1: Red Star Over Oklahoma, it is our responsibility to pursue and report the truth. We understand that truth is neither politically left nor right. Our commitment to factual reporting
0: is the foundation of our credibility now more than ever. But we are human, and sometimes our reporting might fall short. If you believe our coverage is unfair, please reach out to us by go at redstaroklahoma at gmail.com or posting on our subreddit. We value your comments. We will respond back to you. We work very hard to seek the
1: truth and strive to be fair, balanced, and factual. We consider it our honor, our privilege, our responsibility to deliver the news every day, but actually
0: only every week. (laughs) We say bi-weekly once a week. Thank you for listening, and we appreciate your feedback. (laughs) <laughs> by the way, we are owned by Sinclair. We just wanted to make that <laughs> obvious it was... by reading their script that they've been reading every by sending to every news station that they they've been going under. So
2: I do want to say it was probably the dumbest buy they've made. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely
2: <laughs> they paid a whole
0: 450 dollars. i think to, that's why adam's not on the show actually anymore he's actually gone into hiding um, that's why you hear all this background noise for me i'm in a starbucks if you didn't catch that earlier
2: <laughs> we apologize for that uh but you know like we said the fbi shut off some of our internet, you know, we're gonna be running to Chile soon.
1: (laughs) We had to, yeah, we had to make sure that our Sinclair sponsors uh, were appeased, so Adam, he's gone, we we cut that turkey, Uh, got Starbucks corporate sponsorship with (laughs) Arthur in the thick of it. (laughs) Those red Uh, cups, man, those
0: red (laughs) (laughs) cups. They just gave me a truckload of them and we're like, go. But uh, of course we're just kidding everyone, we're the only news outlet
1: uh, in the entire nation not run by Sinclair, so we're the only ones you can trust. Get rid of all other news, only listen to Red Star of Oklahoma.
2: I mean, we're the only ones bringing actual reporting, let's be honest about this. Where else are you gonna get very elaborate and confusing (laughs) jokes about (laughs) Parker becoming a terrorist because Facebook fucked up his account? Um. I don't know. I do think this story is actually pretty serious, though. This shit's kind of crazy to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the the story being Sinclair, uh, I don't know if uh, how, how many of y'all have actually uh, seen the NPR article that was circulated about uh, that kind of overlaid a ton of uh, local news stations that are all owned by Sinclair. I'm reading the exact same script over and over again. Ironically, uh, attesting to, uh, factual journalism, uh, uh, dangerous to being dangerous to our democracy, everything you kind of just heard. And so Sinclair uh, as an organization, um, as a broadcast group, they own 193 stations all across the United States. And it's mostly, I mean, it's, they're, they're, spread out across the country, like all across the country, have a big ownership in the Northwest. Um, and then all throughout the South and the Midwest. Um, Basically, they 100, 193 stations, uh, up to 40% of U.S. news viewers uh, have have a take at the very least in one of, one of these local news companies, including our own um, reportedly KFOR <laughs> in Oklahoma City, uh, who, I, I don't know, I don't know the major Tulsa news stations, uh, y'all, channel, but... I
2: Channel 8 in, in Tulsa, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I just
0: have friends who posted on my Facebook that I can't access now, who... Um, they they. put, when I reposted this article, they were like, oh, this is lovely, they actually work for those news stations. So they, oh, feel like
1: this hi- this highlights, what a, like, really broad reach that they have, even though, like, up until we saw these videos, it kind of just seems like a bunch of independent local news agencies. Of course, that's, like, our, that's the ideal of American journalism, is this kind of, like, local, um, Like very uh, grassroots type of reporting and journalism, but then the reality is that they're owned
0: by a shadowy giant company. Uh, We love our Sinclair monolith. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I say at the very, at the very least, on the Republican side, and a lot of and and what what's striking more is also that they own about as much like broadcasting rights in non-typical conservative areas right in places like california et cetera, et et cetera. um which i don't even know why they invest there especially while they're trying to push their like pro-trump campaign i mean yeah.
2: i think i i think it's a really it's really smart nefarious move and one of those serious problems with the american media landscape that we don't have serious well-funded public institutions because it's like okay if they start taking over these places you know where do you go for your local news? Cause you can't go read the Oklahoman. It's, it's toilet paper that they put words on. Like it's not good. And and like I hope, yeah. the, I mean the local TV, as we all know, with the teachers, sh- with the teacher walkout, has been an important part of covering this shit. You know, like representative, some stuff we'll talk about later. You know, representative John Ann's was filmed by News Nine in Oklahoma City, right? Like these people do important on-the-ground reporting that you're not going to get nationally. And the fact that there's this company that has this, like, very terrible message is just doing its best to get around FCC rules for how much viewership they can have ownership over is, is, is really, really frightening, to me at least, you know?
1: Absolutely. Well, and, like, most people aren't like us. They don't spend all their time on Twitter, reading obscure news sites, going to, like, multiple different sources. Most people just watch their local news, like, Especially, you know, boomer generation and older people just watch their local news story and get all of their information from that. So if it's controlled by this, like, singular agency, that's an incredible amount of influence that they have. And they're just, like,
0: behind the curtain. And they've they've looked to uh, start to – they've looked to pick up Tribune Media, um, 42 more local news stations, um, if approved by regulators. um, And that would allow them to reach up to 72% of American households, which is, like, a ludicrous – Amount And granted, I mean, there's I don't think there's a whole um, slew of especially people um, from our generation. I think it's more over like the boomer generation like you're talking about that um, is responsible or at the very least uh, uh, concerned with um, a lot of the local news stations. We I think I I read an article recently just about how uh, radically uh, I think we're going to be. To uh, more digital media, those types of things um, through either social media. Um, news stations obviously won't, won't be dying, but um, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy as to how, uh, I guess, influenceable, like you're talking about, this, uh, this purchase can be, um, especially with the majority of like, older folk who are the primary voting blocks.
2: We well, yeah, and we already yeah. see what what this kind of like monopolization of 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 information does to does to older people. because, I mean, I literally don't know a single person that watches fucking Fox News, you know? And Fox News can go on there and be like, "I don't say some fucking ridiculous shit." And people believe it, you know? Uh, I, my
1: grandfather only watches Fox
0: News, and it has w- melted his brain. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: oh, I mean, my my parents only watch Fox News and I've walked in on, I think I've mentioned it on my show before, uh, but I walked in on, um, it was on one of the like uh, sex scandals for one of uh, one of the congressmen or something like that, and uh, somebody made a comment on um, consent being necessary, and the host turns and being like, but is it really? And I was like, what the actual fuck are what? you watching? <laughs> and I was like, I, I really... Chill Well I mean, there's so much stuff that like slips through the holes at Fox News that I mean doesn't get picked yeah. up because nobody takes them seriously. You know what not I'm saying? But broadcasting twenty
1: four hours, like
0: all sorts of stuff just eventually just, comes like, out. Ludicrous skepticism on just even the most fun fond- ah, we don't we're not gonna bash Fox News. Let's keep talking about Sinclair. Um, Sinclair <laughs> So, so there are two main reasons that they could basically um, Sinclair is going to be allowed to make these types of purchases and, and, and circumvent the FCC. And one is that Sinclair is selling its biggest acquisition from the Tribune, but maintaining a partnership with those stations. Um, and so it's it's kind of a workaround of hey, you're not allowed to own all these things for monopolization purposes, but also hey, where you're allowed to maintain partnerships or maybe set up a a, a front company to kind of do the same thing, throw a couple of people under there, and uh, Kind of faux selling their stations. Um, it doesn't plan. A, a, a variety reported that Sinclair doesn't plan to be too far removed um, from two of the two of the major news stations, WPIX and WGN. And the the filings disclose that Sinclair already has buyers lined up for both stations, but it can intends to continue running the stations um, through options and service agreements, sort of inked with the buyers. So it's just kind of a contractual noose that they put around uh, put around these these uh, buyers that are that are picking up these stations off of them. So. <coughs>
2: Well, it I mean well, no,
0: yeah.
1: Also, yeah. I, I think it what really they... just undermines the integrity of these local uh broadcasting institutions because that is like I mean if if you don't have local reporting you're not you're not going to be able to go on to you know the more like secondhand or like the the more alternative news sites that are on a national scale and read local information, this is a lot of times the only news that you have for your town. And without that, with, with the like, bi- without being biased and controlled, you are not going to know what's going on in your community.
2: Well, and I mean, we right. couldn't even, for example, we would have a lot of trouble running this show because it's not like we do that much on the ground reporting because, you know, this, this show is a lot more about presenting. You know, ha- having a certain kind of viewpoint to understand the news through, and it's like that on-the-ground reporting is so important. Like, how are you? Yeah, most of know- our
1: Oklahoma stories come from local news stations or local newspapers. Uh, but w- we were talking about Fox News and how that's, you know, affected the national discourse. But looking at this graph here, even though local news has been declining, uh, it still has. 15 million more uh viewers than cable news so like this is a much larger scope than all the arguments going around about oh fox news is not good or msnbc like cable news is not that near as like commonly watched as local news is
2: well that's i mean for me that's what's so goddamn insidious about this because like Everybody watches local news for, for the obvious straightforward reason that like, oh, you want to see the weather before you go outside. Because if you don't watch the weather, then you're going to be on I-35 when a super tornado is coming down it. Or you, you, you need to, you know, know what's going on if like something is, um, like if a road's closed or something too, right? Like we all know how intimately important for day- our day-to-day lives local news really is. And and the fact that Sinclair, like, that script we read has this super, like, national-level political thing to say and then that's going to be something that you just... You just turn that on in the morning when you're, like, making breakfast or something, right? And this gets snuck in there or you come home from work and you turn on the local news to hear about, like, I don't know, cats stuck in trees or some shit or, like, when they're going to finally finish a gathering place for Tulsa and this stuff is there on the side. It's really... It's really influential in a way that I don't, I don't know. And
1: there's there's an implicit trust to like local news. I think everyone is like looking for the bias in the cable news and that's everyone's picking apart all those larger channels. But local news you do kind of implicitly trust because no one's searching for like the sources or for the the bias in their local news station because yeah, most of it is just the events in your community. But then right. yeah, when St. Clair comes in and injects its opinions and ideas, then they're able to sneak that past
0: the, the trust that people kind of implicitly have for local stations. And the biggest concern kind of really isn't more over um, what it is they're gonna be reporting or like a micromanaging of sort of a lot of the material that's gonna be coming through, especially on the local scale, but more over what is not reported. You know what I'm saying? Like they're just yes. able to strike things from the uh, strike things from the ledger in terms of what, what is going to be reported on, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And so it's I mean, Fox News and other like like we're talking about cable news outlets um, do have the the definite slant that people go to to be able to hear these types of national news stories. But they also on I think every network is a little bit the um, like guilty of like not reporting upon particular things if, if they don't meet their particular agenda and the fact that that can trickle down to local news stations is pretty frightening um, especially in states like 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 we were talking about like, like ours that is extremely red that we're having um, particular like that is run by conservatives we don't want to hear um, the positive things about news like they can, they can pick up uh, what we were joking about earlier uh, they can pick up mm. things like uh, paid protesters or um, Just these ridiculous conflated uh, reasons that the legislature gives for the teacher strike happening and that it shouldn't come through on a local scale at the very least like that. And to me, that's ridiculous.
2: When I think, I think, like, this is the kind of shit that's super dangerous to the First Amendment, you know? Like, we're all pretty into free speech as, like, people should be able to talk and say what they want. And, like, sure, if you say some fascist bullshit, like, you should get clocked. But that's totally fair, you know, I'm right. and it's it's one of those things where it's like if if we want to have a free independent press, we can't have these kinds mm-hmm. of monopolies controlling it, you know? because we're gonna mm-hmm. we're we're in a fucking gilded age right now whenever it comes to that.
0: It's just right. especially with these like outdated like like circumventions available to news companies predicated upon like the type of waves they're emitting, you know what I mean? That, that, that's another way that, that Sinclair is trying to get around the FCC, is that they're just using um, uh, a sort of non-regulated form of uh, distribution of their media. And it's like, y'all, we just got to like tighten these things up or actually get people into these types of institutions to either wrangle them or forcibly dissolve them to begin with and nationalize them. So, I mean, it's yeah, not really yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty difficult to do on a level on a local level with local news stations. But I mean, having those be akin to um, those be akin to like maybe even state level or local level mm. governments, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be too far out. But then again, you also do get into kind of problems of them not being uh, able to report biased news if
2: they're yeah, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think that what we need is to have like a really healthy, very strong kind of public system. Like you were saying, like at the state and local level where it is like it's financed publicly, you know, like I, I have to pay this shit. Anybody that rents an apartment in Germany, any household, right, uh, whatever that means, has to pay a tax. And it's called the, the radio tax, right? And you pay this fucking tax and it funds public news, right? It's all free and available online, and there are plenty of opinion stuff. But there's also just like regular stuff that's like, "This is what's happening today," right? And it worked. And, and 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 if you want the bias stuff, if you want, or rather, not even the biased stuff. I mean, the show is quote just the unquote opinions
1: biased.
2: Are the... But yeah, the opinions. If you want people who are like, "I have a specific political opinion," you get to choose what you get. You know, right? The pundits. Yeah. That's.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's the real. Uh like draw the real important thing about public news is it is just like here are the things that have happened they will have opinions they'll have other stuff but like that's a source that you know isn't getting funding they're not pulling certain stories because it doesn't fit the narrative the fact that you can have public news very objectively just laying out a bunch of events is super important and something that we certainly don't have enough of on the local scale uh, sure, and to, your, to your point yeah. about the uh, gilded edges,
0: oh. I just want to say, in Sinclair Broadcasting, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jeez.
0: and this uh. is to not like discount also a lot of like uh, the like the journalistic integrity of people who reported Sinclair because there has actually been multiple news stories of um, people uh, or uh, of uh, reporters posting uh, opinion pieces on places like Box of Sinclair reporters just being very upset at having to run types of stories. So um, and that's shout the other thing out to like. Sinclair you know, reporters actually trying to get something done from the inside.
1: There, there were a couple of TV anchors, I think one in Nebraska, who stepped down uh, because of the Sinclair script and because he was tired of that. But uh, one of the big things is that the contracts that a lot of these reporters and anchors have with Sinclair um, penalize them really severely if they quit before their contract is up, or like disparage Sinclair anyway, which is another reason why this is such a like corrupt way to do the news, is because you can't disparage your parent company and like the nefarious things they're doing. But yeah, they they'll be like seriously penalized, might lose benefits, or like they they risk their severance pay if they are to quit over things like this.
2: Well, and so, I mean that's kind of the Gilded Age thing to me, where it really is like such a obvious Gilded Age problem, is that it is like. This concentrated power that is you know i'm sure the bank accounts with obscene numbers in them that sinclair has lets them do that kind of shit and even if it's not even if it can't be upheld in court it has that dampening effect because these reporters see that in their contract and they're like well i'm gonna read this instead of getting around it not everybody's gonna step down you know yeah absolutely um but moving moving on to our next national story um I was this is kind of like something that we've been talking about for a while uh, that I think is really important. And it's this uh, it's this idea that like politics for a lot of people these days in the U.S. is is sports. Right. And we saw it this week really intensely when Donald Trump like started tweeting. I don't I don't even fucking remember what he was mad about (laughs) Amazon for. Uh, I think it. it
1: well, I think the core of it is that they run The Washington Post, which is very mean to him sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but I think he said the the post office is getting a sweetheart deal, or no rather, Amazon's getting a sweetheart deal from the post office, um, which is like you know you always hate to see someone you don't like make a good point, but
2: yeah,
1: but it is <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you was saying that the uh the the post office should be charging amazon more for basically like shipping at extremely reduced costs that they're taking advantage of the USPS
2: well and um, then the the important thing for for us right now is that all these all these dumbass liberals on the internet were like oh amazon trump doesn't like amazon i love amazon i just bought a stuff from amazon, bought a bunch of stuff from amazon going <laughs> to post my to receipt
0: on my facebook i don't have anymore <laughs>
2: on your Facebook that you are now. Um. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, oh, look at this hero
1: of the resistance, Jeff Bezos, which is something they do like every time Trump's mean to anyone. They're just instantly, like Tillerson walking out of office. There were some like dipshit centrist people being like, welcome to the resistance, Rex Tillerson.
2: Or like even even <laughs> W, all these resistance people were like, George yeah. W, Bush is good because he said Trump was bad. And it's like when, Tr- when Bush was, pre- W was president, all of you hated him. Rightfully so. <laughs> um, there's
0: been no moral turnaround. I don't
2: know. Oh. But it, it, the, the reason I brought up that, fo- that like politics is sports thing uh, at the top of this story and then went into that is because like the reason people are doing that is because that is true right now, right? There, there's a story out from The Intercept um, that I'll, I'll, I'll link to in the write-up post. It was released on April 3rd, and it's about this study uh, that this academic did, let me find, let me find her name, um, uh, da, da, da. uh Liliana Mason, a professor at the University of Maryland, uh, she, she wrote this paper called Ideologues Without Issues, the polarizing consequences of ideological identities, right, and what she did is just, like, study how polarization functions in American politics, and what she found out is that it really is just, like, the, the, the determining factor has nothing to do with what people believe, has nothing to do with how people feel about certain kinds of policies or anything, and it has everything to do with how they're identified, right? So if you I, say- Yeah, I think
1: this is something we've- very intuitively kind of understood on the show and is very clear just with how these people act with regard to politics but like having this actual study and the actual data backing it up just proves that this is really how people treat politics. It's not about their ideologies or their politics it's about their team.
2: Yeah and it's also it, it's really important too I think because it's like it shows that this whole idea that we have political beliefs and that we reach them based on some kind of like logical thought process or something like the study shows that for people that are politically engaged that's real you know for people like us and probably anybody listening to the show i'm sure because why would why would you listen to us yell for an hour every week if you weren't like into politics um that that's not really (laughs) true but that for the overwhelming majority of people who aren't just like constantly reading tulsa world articles and pulling out their hair um
0: (laughs) the down ballot
2: voters yeah (laughs) The uh, the 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 presidential voters, <laughs> if you will, oh. right, right, to- towing the party line, and I mean, that's
0: something that my parents said. Like, it's it's actually kind of sad because I just realized that, like, I, I try to kind can- like my mother's like going on sixty, right, and like trying not to, you know, go into really deep details about my mom for you listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, but in terms of like how much conservatism is like core to her identity, <laughs> her core to her identity, right is like that she just doesn't have the ability to like i like if i ask her any type of question she it just like so outlandish and ludicrous um, when it comes to questioning anybody on Fox News or that like the, these she, she, she akin to like maybe to her religious beliefs of Christianity those types of things where they're just so core to who she is as a person I think that that can be like extremely dangerous especially political ideologies and like just a sort of natural refusal to be um, critical I mean, well, he's self-critical.
1: That's one of the like biggest groups of cognitive dissidents is those evangelicals for Trump. How he has so much of the uh, right-wing Christian vote who. Purport to be all about family values and like moral fortitude and stuff, and then they're you the know ones that
0: are concerned about him sleeping with porn stars and they're going to go have hold an intervention for him. I saw that this week <laughs>
2: <it's>, <laughs> actually. But, I mean, a yeah, the
0: majority of them they're like they want
1: family values and everything, but then they're hooting and oinking for President grabbing by the pussy. Well,
2: uh, and and this I mean that I think that's what's so important to understand because you see this. I mean of course you get we can always think of people on the right like this, like Ben Shapiro who's just like, I think that social that," <laughs> And you're like, You're five foot four, bro, get out of here. Um, but you I mean you see five foot four
0: listeners do not let him disparage against you like that. Okay. <laughs> <Ben> <laughs> I apologize
2: to, to all short people listening to the show. It's not being short is very okay. It's just fun to make fun of Ben Shapiro because he's short. Sorry. But it's also it's all those it, I mean that kind of, like, liberal hot take, where it's like, uh, oh, oh, I, 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 I see that you, sir, are logically inconsistent in your support of the Bible and Trump. And it's like, that's just not fucking how this works, man. Yeah, like, we yeah gotta- not even close.
0: Like, you're wasting your breath on, like, six dip, like, oh, six different logical steps. Well, I think yeah. we've
1: said this very early on in the show, that it's, like, boring to point out that, that like, oh, well, if Obama had done this, you would have, like, that's... Been the line for years of Trump, and it's not convinced them now, and it's not going to convince them. There, no one's at this point. No one's like, ah, maybe I was being inconsistent. Maybe I was critical for President Obama for doing this, and I'm giving Trump a pass. No, they're just gonna yell louder and get angrier.
2: Well, yeah, and and, and I mean, it's also it's also the same thing on the left because they're like, oh, Donald Trump is treating immigrants bad, and it's like Barack Obama literally deported the most people of any president ever. Like, if, yes, yeah. <laughs> if you don't like right. the fact that Trump is mean to immigrants, y- you can't support Barack Obama by any stretch of the imagination. And, and I
1: mean, I, I was I was mentioning this on our group chat earlier, but I just saw some thread um, where uh, Bernie gave a speech recently criticizing Obama. But then some of the comments on there were like defending uh, obama keeping guantanamo open or like defending him expanding the drone program or saying the aca was like the most perfect healthcare care bill to ever exist which just like you know bernie has legitimate critiques of obama as anyone should but you are just so psychically connected to this guy who is your team leader that you can't accept any criticism of him
2: yeah which is uh, it's just so crazy in a way and i i I think it's also i think it's really symptomatic of the fact that we have two parties you know yes yeah
0: and it's also like the fact that i mean you can even tie this back to what we were just talking about before with sinclair in that um it is literally pundits jobs to like sort of rally these sort of parties like these these sort of group people against each other and they're not meant to let Like, everybody puts out the whole fair and balanced garbage, but I also see it on both sides where they necessarily um, have to slant it one way or the other or bring up some other, like, opponent who then throws up straw man arguments or can't, like, actually um, defend themselves on air because it's not in accordance to what the news station wants to promote.
1: Yeah. Well, in this country, it's so hard to have a set of beliefs that is, like... Assorted and different than exactly what the party line is. Like, it's so hard to have. It's impossible to know, have
0: honest dialogue, too. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's you
1: know, you have to people. be be for everything that the Democrats stand for, or be against everything Democrats stand for. You have to be for everything the Republicans stand for, or against everything. There's no like, it's you can't. There's because we have two parties. It really is like each issue just gets divided up amongst the two sides, even if the ideologies of the people might be, like, different and more nuanced than that. It's just each side gets one, takes one yeah. side of an issue, and then that becomes a part of the giant amorphous blob that is their uh, their core beliefs.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's much more problematic on issues that, like, don't just have two sides. <laughs> like... Yes,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I think it's all—it's precisely, you already mentioned the ACA last week, but I think that's, like, the best example, because it's like, oh. Like look look at what the ACA is, right? It's a Heritage Foundation healthcare plan passed by Mitt Romney when he was the governor of Massachusetts that then was picked up by Barack Obama. And Mitt Romney literally campaigned against it. And it's like how how to any sober adver- ob- observer of American politics, you just want to you just look at that and you're like that literally makes no sense that a guy whose signature achievement as a governor, you know, a classic move for somebody running for president. Is precisely the thing he's campaigning against at the presidential level. But then you say, "Oh, it's because it's the fucking Red River Shootout, and nobody gives a shit (laughs) about anything other than the fact that you know, fuck Texas or fuck Oklahoma, and that's how you understand it." And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, this is but but hey
0: hey, fuck Texas. Well, let's not. Okay, no, of course, Uh, that is like universal horrible metaphor. I am, I am.
2: No, no, no. I the reason I use the metaphor is because it's so deeply a part of my identity." um and it's like a central and, and, and it's appropriate in context like it's totally appropriate whenever you're talking yeah. about oklahoma football to be like i despise that but it's not i don't want <laughs> like that doesn't affect anybody's <laughs> life there's no <anybody's>
1: consequences <laughs> there's no political consequences to the red river, red river shootout there are to the presidential election <laughs>
2: yeah it means a lot yeah <laughs> um but but before we move on to to uh what i'm sure everybody has already guessed will be our oklahoma news cover i just want to say one last thing about this because like what what this stuff really means because it is such a like you know partisan thing is that if we if we start using a new language to talk about this or you know just an old language of solidarity or something like we got all this space because we just American politics does not have the baggage that, like, socialist, you know, does not have baggage with socialist political language, unless you're, like, in the John Bircher Society or some shit, right? (laughs) Like, you don't pick up on that if you're your average person, and if you start, if we start really pushing hard for what the show does, and what groups like DSA... Red Dirt Defense, the new Sanctuary Network, you know, all these groups where they're they're talking about it in a way that doesn't necessarily line up cleanly with our current political, the two big political identities, I think you can win people over from both sides of the aisle, you know, to something like that. Certainly, I
1: think that is the way forward for any sort of politics that can actually be about the ideas and the policies and not about the teams is really divorcing yourself from democrat or republican from the start yeah i
2: mean right. that and it's a little bit more difficult
0: to do because of like i mean how our government is set up like the first past the post system you know doesn't really allow a lot of room for uh, more than two parties which is unfortunate but whether or not america can even like, take steps away from that I, i'm 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 not so sure
2: yeah, yeah long, it's, it's, it's a it's a long road yeah it's a long road but, <laughs> but we're starting it here yeah <laughs> Because you have to then convince the two, you know,
0: teams that are playing football that we need to include a third team on the field and they'll literally look at you like somebody would if you try to do that in a football game.
2: So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's that, that iron law of institutions where it's like it's more beneficial for the Democrat for people in. And I mean, I'm a big fan of like make the Democratic Party an actual left wing like Labor Party group. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. But it's like, how, how are you going to be able to do that whenever institutions favor people who want to defend their positions within them rather than like actual meaningful change that might be better for the institution as a whole? And so, yeah, I mean, it's a long, hard fight. It's a long, hard fight. Um, but on that note, moving on to our one piece of Oklahoma news, uh, which is also a long, hard fight. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's the teacher walkout. Um. We're just going to, you know, generally talk about kind of the the big stuff that's happened this week, what's going on around the Capitol and so on. Um, Parker, if I remember correctly, you like had some Snapchat photo or some shit. You were down there at one moment.
0: Yeah, I went down there a little bit. Um, It's actually like ludicrous as to how many people showed up, Um, the amount of participation at the very least in political political engagement. There were people who, or there were teachers down there who were actually having class, which was kind of ludicrous. Uh, People made some of the craziest signs I think I've ever seen. Uh, My favorite being the one that I posted that I'm sure you saw was the Drake lyrics
2: uh being can we have
0: some money uh damn i can't remember off the top of my head now i'm gonna have to actually pull it up and find it uh jk i don't have access to instagram or facebook so <laughs> you'll have to read you'll have to read that one on there for me but it's like can we have some money oh you said only partly uh, we only love our oil uh, i'm sorry
1: um i mean but it must cost a lot oh. to pay all those people to be at the Capitol, though, right? Right. Yeah, and we obviously, obviously,
0: we were, when I was down there, uh, the first thing that I thought was, oh, these people are clearly, like, paid from Chicago. Um, John Anzavine, like, was totally right. Like, How on much his cash did you get for showing up? Did they just, How much like, did
1: I get? Hand um, you a stack of hundreds at the door.
0: Uh. Yeah, no, they actually, um, like said to take this and like throw it on the teachers so uh they tried it that was their strategy and actually trying to get them to go away was they brought two big buckets full of and they were they were like fives you know what i mean with american or with abraham lincoln on it um and they were like hey republicans freed the slaves throw these all over. <laughs> we're throwing them all take this and go away
1: Uh, But yeah, that's been the line that a lot of Oklahoma politicians have been saying uh, against these teachers who are protesting outside the Capitol, Uh, particularly John Enns, Republican uh, state senator from Enid, saying that a lot of these protesters are paid. uh, And then... I believe when he was questioned on it further, he said, well, I've heard that they were paid. And then other further questioning, he said, well, something doesn't feel right there. So <laughs> he stepped <laughs> that back pretty quickly uh, under some pretty light scrutiny.
2: <laughs> Literally just having a camera on him. He, 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 he went from paid protesters attacked my car to I've been told... That there are yes, protesters. That's thing. <laughs> he said
1: that they were banging on his pickup on the way into work, and then. Um, um, it was really that, satisfying
2: to listen to that, him just. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think to, it was to listen to Oklahoma him just highway backtrack. Yeah, Oklahoma Highway Patrol said that the protesters had been the best you could hope for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So you've got law enforcement literally saying uh, no that's uh, objectively
2: false, not of that's happening and well, and, and quickly scaled, rolled that back and you've also you've also got the ACLU who has been monitoring the monitoring the protests, which is like a thing that ACLU does regularly right and they're just like this is a literal lie. We've been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah,
1: a lot of people are saying that these protesters are being bust in from Chicago or being paid by uh the OEA with all the money that they have, you know. <laughs> they've they've got so much money to pay all of these protesters to come in. Um, I think I heard one of the reports said that to bust this many people, like just the travel expenses alone to get them to Chicago would be over three hundred thousand dollars, not including like actually paying them for their time or feeding Wait, them or anything. On,
0: did somebody on Reddit do all of these calculations? Because I really want to go read that. If that's the uh, case, wasn't that's on Reddit, case. I think it was the local. It was
1: uh, News Nine who said that the cost of just transporting this many people from Chicago would be like upwards of three hundred thousand dollars, and that's not including any other expenses aside from literally bussing them
2: well i i like love this line that they take where they're like oh yeah teachers you know they're like okay we understand the teachers need a pay raise so we're gonna give them an average six six thousand dollar pay raise and hope they fucking go home uh but also they're paying all these protesters and it's like that classic joke where it's like oh man the food at this restaurant is so fucking terrible and the person you're eating with goes and there's so damn little of it. <laughs> it's just like these two things don't work together. You can't make the same claims. Um, but real though. <laughs> I mean,
1: this comes from just the, they can't conceive of any protest getting this much attention because no Republican protests ever get this much Because the Tea Party is it blows turned.
0: their mind. <laughs> That political engagement is a thing, and they're like, there's, that's why, ah, oh, the, the, like, they can only understand it through it. the lens of someone being paid to do it. I think <laughs> yeah, I they're think, like, there's no way, there's th- no think, way that people care, nobody has cared for so long.
2: One, uh, also, like, yeah, also, all the, all the yeah. people, these people normally on a day-to-day, like, at the Capitol interact with, are literal paid people by the fucking oil industry, telling them not to tax it because Harold Hamm needs to have, Fucking Scrooge McDuck bath money, or he's gonna, I don't know, finally fucking die like his old ass should. And it's just, it's like I, that, that to me has to be why they do this because somebody like fucking Representative John ends Harold Ham is from Enoch, right? And, and I would not be surprised if at one point Harold Ham said, You have to kiss my stinky asshole to John ends in order to get fucking elected. And, and that, that is real like though,
0: what he deals real with, real though, on the John ends. On the John Ins part, we we will like, if if you if you want to do a little bit of digging, listeners, um, it was very satisfying to watch John Inns like basically piss himself and sweat on camera. If you can go find <laughs> that video of him being like, well, well that's what I heard. He literally I think we've repeats got that one that. linked in the uh... oh, do yeah, yeah. We, oh, yes, I'll, I'll put that yeah. one in the article just <laughs> uh, because
2: it's like the camera's on him for the whole fucking story, and his story goes from <laughs> Antifa killed my dog or some insane bullshit to. I have been told by people I don't know the name of.
1: <laughs> another, another line that we've been hearing from them is that uh, Antifa is a part of these protests and um, are becoming a scary force at the protest, which is another just bullshit line used to stir up anti-protest sentiments.
2: Yeah, I, uh, well, I'm gonna... Carl, I
1: think if you want to take this, because I think we need to be kind of careful about
2: yeah yeah um because i mean of course we're in contact with the people that they you know ohp who said oh there's fucking antifa here and we're watching them um you know we know those people those are our friends uh we 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 support them um and there's a good article out from read frontier we'll link to um and here's just what red dirt defense who thinks they're the ones that are being talked about wants everybody to know um Red Dirt Defense was actually discussing the idea of not using the red bandanas the next day when we went up there, specifically not to distract from the overall cause for teachers right when we got the news from OHP. They followed our members around the entire day and specifically singled this out for intimidation. Secondly, this is just another attempt by the pigs to portray progressive social ideals like funding education as some sort of radical nefarious fucking communist plot. They wanted a boogeyman from the get go. And that's, I mean, that's fucking real, you know? like Yeah, I mean, this is
1: what they, uh, Antifa is the boogeyman they trot out every time they try and make a movement seem scary and violent and dangerous, when in fact it really is just people asking for some general progressive social progress.
2: Well, and it's also, I mean, Red Dirt Defense, like, said very explicitly whenever we were talking to them about it, they were like, we are genuinely there to support teachers, of course we're there, in the exact same way that any number of organizations are there, like churches even, you know, a group that you can't make scary. Yeah. And they're like, we understand and we don't wanna take away from the fact that this is the teachers protest. So we're not gonna show up in our, in our outfits because it's not about that. And then you have OHP and Mary Fallon saying, you know, Antifa is there to, I don't know, like do some crazy shit. Like it's just, it's, it's so on its face wrong. And OHP has even said too, literally there have been no problems. <laughs> yeah, they're like this
1: couldn't be a better protest, uh, right. even though we wish we could get in there. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure they want it to hit Rowdy, then they get an excuse to start hauling
0: people away from the capital. But yeah, and funny. that's and there's not like people defacing property. You know what I mean? There's not any any of that going on. Uh, yeah, uh, but that, and that's
1: that's why they have to resort to trying to drum up like, oh, they were banging on my truck, or Antifa has super soldiers there. Yes. They're just trying to do anything they can to make it seem scary because they they can't find any reason to object to this.
0: Because the really scary
2: thing is political engagement. Yeah. It's (laughs) terrible. Yeah, that
1: is what scares them more than anything.
2: Um Uh but uh now, now to go on to some of the like like nitty nitty gritty of what's been going on. Um So, there's been some really ridiculous shit that's happened now, right? As we reported, this hotel-motel tax um, had to be, like, struck. And it's, like, about $50 million of revenue. And so, struck from the teacher pay raise package that they had passed beforehand. And now, um, OEA has, like, released a set of demands, including funding that so having mary fallon veto the repeal of the hotel motel tax that they passed less than like about a week ago which is super confusing um and the other big thing oea is saying they want now is uh an end to the capital gains tax exemption um and uh, the the senate has passed a bill ending the capital gains tax exemption uh but but before like I just want to explain something about the capital gains tax. We actually covered this a long time ago before either of you or even gotten into the show. Um I gotten on as host to the show. And it's this some OG
1: Red Star. Yeah, so
2: hashtag throwback to the teens or something, right? Um It's this tax exemption, it's a fucking tax break, right? For rich people who sell capital in the state of Oklahoma, right? And the idea is that by having this capital gains tax exemption, rich people will move more money around or something. Um, and there was a state organization, I don't remember the name of it uh, off the top of my head, that did a study and they were like, oh, we're you know, supposed to find out if certain kinds of tax breaks are good for Oklahoma or not. And they found that for $9 million in revenue, it had cost the state almost $500 million in revenue uh, over a four-year period, right? Holy and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it, and then this organization, which is uh, for political appointees, said, Oh, we should keep it. It's good for Oklahoma, right? That's um,
1: just Giving rich people money for yeah, being rich
2: people. Literally, just giving rich people money for being rich. Um, uh, the Oklahoma Policy Institute has put out a really good. Um, study on this. Uh, that I I I want to like list some things from. So almost two thirds of the yearly benefit from the capital gains tax deduction goes to less than nine hundred households in Oklahoma. Less than nine hundred households. That's literally less than a ten yeah. percent of the people that are at the capital that have been at the capital every day this week.
1: Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, when we've got the bottom falling out of our entire state educational system, we're yeah. giving millions and millions of dollars to these 900
0: households
2: and those 900 households are households that make over a million dollars a year already um, that's
0: utterly insane like yeah in, uh, yeah God, and i can just imagine it going to these bougie fuckers in Nichols hills or rose creek or maple Ridge. only ridge in people in
2: like Nichols hills and like two people in maple ridge that's like it um and, and 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 then, so, in total, it's costing the state about a hundred million dollars in lost revenue a year. And in total, those tax deductions go to less than two thousand households, so less than the amount of people that have been at the capitol every day for a week, right? Or barely one percent of Oklahomans. and ninety six percent of those tax uh, deductions go to people, households rather, making more than hundred thousand dollars a year, right? So those households never had to show up at the Capitol for this shit. They didn't have to do anything. They just said, we want a fucking tax break so that we can buy our fifth boat and let our son keep drunk crashing a Sea-Doo on Lake Tenkiller or some, some <laughs> idiot shit. The most
0: they have to worry about is, like, having to now pay a babysitter because their kids can't go to school. Oh, no. No,
2: those people aren't <laughs> paying babies. That 96% of those people that are making over hundred dollars k a year are not. Not a single one of their kids go to public school. Not a yeah. single one of them.
1: Um, Which is another reason why this is like so terrible. Like if these, if our, if our public schools were good enough in the first place that wealthy families went there, you wouldn't see them being this dis- defunded. If these people had to send their kids to public, school, this is just a common fact amongst any public institution. If it is up to a standard that the wealthy also use, it doesn't get defunded. <laughs>
2: And one of the most effective ways to do that would honestly be for the state of Oklahoma to say Cassidy High School and Holland Hall and Cashel Hall and, 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 and Heritage. Heritage Hall, you're closed. You know, if they just said, no, you can only go to public school, bam, immediately, our schools would be funded and they would be good. If we just said no more private schools for rich people, that would literally I mean, be all I
1: don't three. see that happening anytime soon. No, of course Oh, not. never ever. But yeah, yeah, that would be... <laughs> You would see the schools instantly shoot up in quality.
2: Yeah. Well, don't
1: use um, the phrase "shoot up" in schools. Mm. <laughs> R- uh, be better
2: in quality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, I think so the crazy... poor turn of phrase. <laughs> Very poor turn of phrase. So you
0: you can cut that if you want to.
2: No, that's that's saying it. That's saying it. We we acknowledged that <laughs> um, I'm not as good at editing as Adam. <laughs> um... Uh, The the last thing on this capital gains stuff uh, that I think is is the the most fucking bullshit part of it um, is that House Majority Leader uh, John Eccles said that the the gross production tax increase to 5% that they passed to stave off the teacher strike um, was traded for for ending the capital gains tax. So he's basically, he's come out and said to teachers, no, that won't happen. Um, We can't do it. We just can't and the capital gains tax deduction for rich people because that's how we were able to get a fucking 5% gross production tax increase not not to 7 just to 5 then now we won't be able to get that and and in the same time he said that and like some people applauded him he also said let's look to wind energy is the solution here but we'll we'll talk about wind energy in a bit um jesus christ uh of a, a few other things uh one of the coolest things that's happened is that like support for teachers has just been going up since the strike started like the whole narrative from the right aside from antifa super soldiers or like peeing in their gas tanks or something um <laughs> has been that the second you strike oklahomans are gonna be mad and not like it um and that's that's bullshit uh there was yeah i support... think we've seen
1: uh, an enormous outpouring of support from the state and the country at large yeah. uh, for the teacher strike
2: yeah the polling i mean the polling before it was a lot lower than it is now we've got about seventy, seventy-two 72 uh support for for the walkout after a week it's definitely and hit
0: bandwagon status and a lot of people who i know aren't like even very politically inclined like just don't or like politics doesn't intrude on their daily lives to a point where they even have to consider half of these things are now actually expressing support too which is good to see and i mean i'm definitely for Uh, this becoming a bandwagon cause
1: of it. Well, and I even see a lot of, like, you know, right-wing and libertarian people that I know on Facebook who are calling, who are standing by the teachers, changing their Facebook logo to I Support Oklahoma Teachers, because it is, like, bigger than your dipshit libertarian politics. It is like, oh, yeah, this is ruining our state to have our education so bad. They understand that there is a limit to how much you can cut and privatize before the bottom falls out.
2: Yeah. Well, and this is one of those things that you have to decommodify, too. And I think people, like, fundamentally understand that. Because for so many Oklahomans, a private education just isn't doable, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, not just the people who can't afford it um, in, you know, OKC or Tulsa, but then the people in rural areas who there will never be a private school in, you know, middle of nowhere panhandle or something just because there's no monetary reason to do that they need public schools and if they're shitty that's the only thing that you have so if they suck your education sucks
2: yeah even on top of that it seems like you know for and this is a thing i've heard from plenty of people like public schools are are such an important part of rural community because you have the church and you have the school and so you have the football game on friday night and then you have church on sunday and that's how the community functions you know that's a central. Yeah, they're part of like it. the
1: only institutions. Uh, it's the in some of these rural areas, it's the equivalent of what the you know post office was in the Wild West days. It was just like the only public institution that exists. So it's the only like community fixture that people rally around, or like, yeah, form communities around.
2: Yeah, and 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 I mean, if you look at that number, seventy-two percent. You know, this this is one hundred percent not the case. But if every single Oklahoman living in an urban area supported um schools supported the teacher walkout which is 100% not the case um that would still mean that six percent uh, uh, like like okay let me let me start this one. um 66% of Oklahomans roughly live in metropolitan area right and so more than just like there's clearly meaningful support out in the countryside which is precisely the thing it's 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 so fucking broad and if you if you look at this too if you look at that data 60 percent of the people polled strongly support the teacher walkout and that's roughly equivalent to the amount of people that were supporting it before it happened right that is a sea change in oklahoma politics and that that indicates kind of i think what we were talking about um In the politics is football thing where it's like, oh, when you have a material issue that affects people's day-to-day lives, they overwhelmingly support some kind of left-wing thing here. Um,
1: Well, it really is like almost a form of accelerationism where things had to get this bad before you had this type of like huge outcry, uh, which is terrible that they had to descend to this level before we finally as a state came together and said, we need to do something. Well, it's also because like inspiring
0: that we finally are, you know, getting a loud voice about it. Yeah. It's also because like schools are so impactful to literally everybody in the community that has kids, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, the majority of the population. I mean, even so, like, especially my job, even over the past week, um, and granted I work at a software development company so I mean we have the ability to work remotely luckily but a lot of people aren't that lucky um, in terms of like being able to uh, work from wherever and so half of my office at least was gone because they just didn't have anywhere like to like they didn't have like either the money or, uh, or, or places to uh, put their kids they just had to stay home with them and work so unfortunately like that's not available to most people so thus you know they have to get involved to, at the very least, get this rectified to get teachers back. And that gives the teachers a lot of the leverage that, you know, they deserve.
2: Well, I mean, that, that's the kind I'm, of that's the structural power, really, that fundamentally is in teaching in a society that that still believes in the bourgeois family as the way to raise children, because a public in, the public institution of education provides child care for 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 the overwhelming majority of the population nobody nobody talks about it like that but that is what schools do is that you can have kids and you can have a working life and you can have two parents who work which is a fucking requirement in america these days and you don't you could still have kids because you know that they get to be at school well not to mention
1: all the auxiliary programs that they have like uh you know breakfast and sometimes dinner for Students who might not have uh, three meals a day uh, after school care for those parents who are working, uh, who have, you know, single parents or parents whose both parents are working jobs. There's, I mean, as we said, it's, it is a community institution. And sometimes it's the only community institution um, in a lot of places.
2: Yeah. Um, um,
1: so if we're going to move on, I think that we know where this money really should be coming from. That's right. Big wind. The... Uh, <laughs> The greedy, Big greedy wind, wind industry in our state. Um, this is our conservative reading article from the Tulsa World. Um, an opinion piece by Rick Mosier. Mosier. Rick Mosier. Mosier. Uh, time for industrial wind to pay its fair share of Oklahoma's educational costs. <loudás> um, now, before I start reading this article, uh, one important thing is. To understand what the real article is, just substitute every time I say wind for oil, and then that would actually be a legitimate, good,
0: solid <laughs> solution. Um, but we're going to get this into dude, why big. Uh, wind I can't edit was... his chin right now that I'm looking at. And the fact that he's like, <laughs> the fact that this photo is black and white, and like, uh, I can't tell
2: where his hairline starts and stops it's really <laughs> it's really messing with me go ahead sorry oh no he's a sexy daddy i'm gonna i'm gonna put it out there um. <laughs>
1: um so yes here's what uh wind dom has to say giving teachers in oklahoma a raise is past dues all right so far so good <laughs> Uh, Wind waste was established on the premise that more funding for education was critical And the industry that has profited the most in recent years from Oklahoma subsidies should contribute House Uh, bill 1010XX passed Oklahoma companies are paying more taxes to fund it You and I are paying more taxes to fund it Industrial
2: wind will contribute nothing (laughs) Um... I like how he capitalizes Industrial Wind. That's pretty lovely. If you capitalize something, it's automatically 20 times scarier. Uh, they make it sound like they're
1: all in like a bunker, and they're just like, alright, Industrial Wind, how do we start doing more to suck money out of the state
0: <laughs> see and they called it wind waste which is concatenated one word two capital w's okay um, and i think after
1: just... after we finish this article we can link to wind waste but they've got a lot of good uh opinions and information about the evil wind yes. industry but i mean <laughs> like
0: that makes me think that like you know that that, that foundation is predicated upon wasting wind you know and <laughs> yeah so... i mean they're gonna use up all the it's wind a, they're gonna run out of yeah, it's a
1: non-renewable resource. Continue, sorry. <laughs> um, so, in fact, these multi-billion-dollar companies based outside of Oklahoma threatened to sue and file bankruptcy if required to participate in funding HB ten ten XX. They printed and distributed expensive flyers at the Capitol, claiming, "Quote: Oklahoma is closed for business." Followed by one that touted a number of statistics about success. Is the industry thriving or on the brink of bankruptcy? It's important to remember that the wind industry claims to be one of the biggest funding sources for education through the payment of property taxes. In reality, it is deferred from paying those taxes for the first five years. Because of a tax loophole, Oklahoma is required to reimburse school districts and counties for that lost revenue. In 2017, you paid for 80% of its taxes it was bragging about on TV. Making matters worse, many legislators continue to protect big wind both capitalized. these lawmakers are primarily located in Western Oklahoma because their communities profit disproportionately.
2: What? whoa whoa pause the lawmakers listeners. from Western Oklahoma are passing policy that supports their community <laughs> No um, yeah I
1: think that that's some clear corruption is passing laws that benefit industries in your uh, in your area. Um but we got an example here of some of this just shady uh, wind funneling.
0: For example i you know, represent- just really confused <laughs> as to how politics works. Like I don't really compete you know, having representatives represent you Now engaging by a protest. It's like they just nobody like nobody understands how how, politics. I don't (laughs) get how he can make the incredibly
1: short bridge that he's built being like, oh yeah, like these several million dollar wind industries are you know, taking money from the government and then doesn't connect that to the billions and billions and billions (laughs) of dollars that the oil companies have been sucking out of our state for
0: Decades. I'm just waiting well, for no legislators are to... defending
2: <laughs> oil companies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's I'm, just waiting, I'm just waiting. I'm just
0: waiting for us to get to the article where um he's gonna complain about like because uh, there was an article way back when about wind energy and like trying to go like go against it and that um like when things were defective they would fall and crush livestock or
2: something. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get. <laughs> so to... I'm. We're gonna. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, is um... that actually this article? I was really just riffing.
2: Um,
1: I think it's in the uh, Wind Waste website. Yeah, it's got some good it. info. Yeah. Um, uh, but for for example, representatives of Dewey County recently expressed support for the wind industry for contributions to their county and school district. A closer look. Reveals that Dewey County billed 6.4 million for property taxes on wind power installations in 2017. That 5.1 million was not paid by industrial wind at all. Instead, it was billed directly to the Oklahoma County Tax Oklahoma Tax Commission for payment by Oklahoma taxpayers through ad valorem reimbursement fund. Additionally, wind farms in the country qualified for 10.8 million in the zero emissions tax credit, which are refundable from Oklahoma taxpayers. Some sixteen million will be paid to Dewey County from the Oklahoma tax revenues, and not by the multi billion dollar companies that own these facilities and reap the benefit of electrical production from them. That rate of payment continues through twenty twenty. So one thing they say is these multi billion dollar companies that aren't in Oklahoma but don't name anyone.
0: And but also like who wants to incentivize clean energy ever? <laughs> Like, well, why? Well, yeah, that's another thing.
1: Most of, most of what he's complaining about is like legitimate alternative energy subsidies, which, like, all right, sure, we should have more money going into the schools from this source. But that's like pointing out that, you know, the toll roads should cost more to fund our schools and not pointing out that there is a massive source of revenue with a capital gains tax that we mentioned or B fucking Devon Energy continuing to get. God only knows how much in tax breaks so that.
2: It's also ignoring, I I mean, I don't even like, I don't like the idea of giving tax breaks to to multi-billion dollar companies. Fuck them. But yeah, there's no, an I'm actual more, but. like there's an actual valid reason to support the development of sustainable energy in the state of Oklahoma, and it's called the oil's gonna run out. <laughs> we will need um, jobs when Devon Energy isn't open anymore. Hey, Carl, hey, the I wind don't know. is also gonna run out.
0: <laughs> yeah, the wind, wind to out of wind? the wind. The wind is gonna run out, and secondly, like why are we building these gigantic things that are just gonna fall over from the earthquakes? Okay, <laughs> to me, logically, it does not make sense. <laughs>
1: Okay, actually, um, But yes, he goes on to say uh, a <laughs> simple cap on these subsidies like the one now before the legislature could easily make up the $50 million lost because of the 11th hour removal on the hotel motel taxes from the plans. Since the state is broke and education continues to suffer, Big Wind has offered to help by way of a high interest loan that makes it even more money it is floating a proposal to lawmakers that would allow the state to defer its subsidies for a few years. The only catch is that taxpayers have to pay it back with interest. So now it proposes we could finally potentially pay out the 930 million in zero emissions tax credits with interest over the next 10 years.
2: Wow, I I really wonder how uh, Rick Mossier feels about that fucking, like, 475 mil we paid out to rich families in the state over four years. I bet he's super offended by that.
1: Well, I I also want to know, like, what the... Next ten years, the cost is going to be for continued earthquake repair in our state. And it's not like, like there was all of the <laughs> high cost that the state will have to assume for the fracking edge. Not...
2: Well, luckily there was not a 4.6 magnitude earthquake on Saturday. Um, <laughs> there is literally never. Uh, I think never... that was wind caused. They <laughs> they had to hydraulically frack that wind
1: out from the earth's crust. It was buried deep under there, and by
2: sucking out all that
1: wind, it caused some serious uh, structural instability in the core.
2: Well, actually, as you know, when the wind comes, fl- blows, s- comes sweeping down the plane, right? <laughs> it keeps the land from shaking too much because it exerts a pressure on it. And if you go to the o- OG&E uh, oil science classroom lessons that now are the only way for science teachers to have anything in their schools, um, they'll tell you that, that the wind pressure from that kind of wind is what keeps the earth from shaking actually. So I I think he's got a valid point. Um, That's what I learned whenever I had to get my science lesson from... I mean, the uh, (laughs) The (laughs) oil-cracking
1: companies take that oil out of the ground, but then they safely replace it with a bunch of uh, groundwater slurry. That way there's no instability (laughs) underground, because they replace it with a chemical slurry.
2: With just radioactive Um, jizz.
1: All right, so let's finish this out with the the real uh, home run that he hits here. And remember, just in your mind, replace all of these with the oil industry, and he makes a solid point. We must stop funding a multi-billion dollar corporate welfare program (laughs) that directly profits wind companies, and instead focus on additional funding needed for education. Lawmakers must stop ignoring these excessive corporate handouts and cast their votes in the best interest of all Oklahomans. Make industrial wind participate in the compromises necessary to fund Oklahoma education properly. (laughs) A, like a literal find and replace for oil versus wind here would make this an incredibly great proposition. I would be all for it. We, we had
2: like we had a number of different things we could have done for this conservative reading list. Like like an article from the Oklahoman. Where the Oklahoman said, How can people trust each other when the OEA sets out a specific set of demands they are not met and then they strike? How can how can lawmakers trust them? And then that piece of shit article that Mary Fallon shared <laughs> on our fucking Facebook page about how teachers are drunk on their own power because they want to see basic state services funded. But this fucking, this end of this article is just so impressive. Like, it's just a photo <laughs> of Savoy Zizek saying pure ideology. That's literally how this article ends. Oh,
1: <laughs> well, here we got some other comments or some, some good content from windwaste.com who was the people who wrote this opinion article from some sort of algorithm they have that just I- makes
2: <laughs> but before we talk about windways.com, I want to know when we we are a special interest group that wants to publish op-eds in the Tulsa World. Where are our op-eds? Okay? What is this shit? <laughs> uh please. <laughs>
1: um yeah, so some of the other articles they have uh showing the dangers of wind power. Um Let's see. We've got the uh wind could damage small aircrafts in Kansas. Uh, wind turbines <laughs> pose a danger to small aircraft in Kansas.
2: Just a black and white photo of, of like uh, a fallen over wind turbine.
1: <laughs> um, wind turbine syndrome, which is the uh, ailing effects caused by living too close to wind turbines that could really be damaging for your health with
2: issues such as tinnitus or loud noises being near you sometimes. <laughs> Um,
0: there's there's a really wind,
2: good one. Uh, did you know you were subsidizing electricity for people in Texas? Which is like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, right here,
1: wind farms drain our natural resources. That's the real uh, the, one of the best articles they've got. Is you know those natural resources they're draining like wind and. I think that's it. As opposed to the literal pumps that we have to suck up brown combustible fluid from the ground. The physical drains we have constructed across our state to get the natural resources from deep, deep in the
2: crust. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy that all those, uh, uh... <laughs> Tax subsidies that we're giving to big oil are going to this idiotic shit that they publish on windwaste.com. Makes oh me my happy. Oh god, there has to be somewhere in a boardroom where they're making these decisions of like,
0: alright, y'all are the riders, you're the best we've done. Go defense. Oh wait. Here's on the
1: about us page of Wind Waste. Industrial wind policies are blowing our future. <laughs> So it's yeah, that's a good pun there. That's, a, that's uh, funny. That's industrial funny. wind it's in a, Oklahoma is virtually unregulated, impacting our health properties and natural habitats.
2: Pause, pause. When you're so right-wing that you start arguing for regulation because you don't yes. believe in climate change.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah it's, well, it's, it's absurd because they are, I mean, of course, they're all hills for the oil industry, yeah. but... What's preposterous about this is how Oklahoma could have an incredibly promising future in wind energy. We are, I think, possibly the most uh, viable state for serious wind infrastructure. And they're just doing everything they can to disparage it so that oil can get another five, ten years of, like, Leeching the last remaining drops out of our state and then packing up and blowing Dodge. Yeah, and then pulling but, a picture yeah.
2: on the rest of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, yeah,
1: like we're, we're half of our state's going to become a giant brownfield site or like a huge superfund site. And then there's a real opportunity to create an incredibly lucrative um, tech industry around wind infrastructure that would be a huge boon to our state. And then they're just like, wind is coming in and destroying everything They're
2: ruining your education
1: <laughs> but uh yeah we'll link to this article if you want to see an article that really blows <laughs> <laughs> <Hey-o>.
2: <laughs> um, so that that's the show for the week guys here here are the socialist events going on um aside from the teachers strike which you should go support if you can um Get your check down there. Go get paid. Go get those. <laughs> protest those, with the teachers. Those Soros bucks. Um, <laughs> on Tuesday, April 10th, Green Country DSA is having its internal organizing meeting from seven to eight thirty PM at the central library. Um, on Friday, April 13th, the New Sanctuary Network of Tulsa <laughs> is having its weekly protest at the David L Moss Correctional Facility at twelve. That's only like twenty minutes long, so it's pretty really easy to go to. Um, so if you can go, go. Especially because four people were picked up by ICE in a sweep this week. Um, So it's really important to go protest that right now. The show sends its solidarity to them and everyone else targeted by ICE. And if you'd like to support the new Sanctuary Network, they can be contacted at their Facebook page, which as always is linked to in the Reddit post. Um, On Sunday, April 15th, Green Country DSA is having its training and orientation for canvassing at its Building Power with DSA meeting from 1230 to 4pm at 1117 south quincy avenue um another group that might have been called antifa by the state government though they they didn't seem to feel that way the oklahoma brown berets wants to everyone to know that they're supporting the teacher strike where, whenever they can alongside the coalition okra they don't want to take any attention away from the strike at the moment because they support our teachers and hope for a decolonized account of this state and country's history to be taught in schools once funding is won uh shout out to that that's really cool. Support them. Um and then finally the Solidarity Through Food Kitchen is still looking for volunteers to help their work supporting the teacher walkout. And like with everybody, there's a link to their Facebook page in the Red Up post. So uh you all already know, um, unless you're our new listeners, in which case, uh, I hope you made it this far. Uh, but y'all can tweet at us angry things uh and ask about why we have black fists uh call us international communists yes you can call us international communists you can um say that the proper way to deal with the education crisis in oklahoma is by gutting it more if you'd like <laughs> on our facebook page or you can tweet that at us at red star over okay uh go check out the subreddit it's r red star over r slash red star over oklahoma um, find us on SoundCloud, Red Star over Oklahoma. You can find us on iTunes as well. Same thing, Red Star over Oklahoma. And finally, uh, I think Parker, you already mentioned this, but you can email us at redstaroverok@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Um, but the most important thing you can really do is tell your friends about us and rate and review us on iTunes. If you rate and review us on iTunes, that drives us up when people search for like some the the 19th oklahoma sports podcast that they listen to <laughs> um <laughs> and when you tell your friends that's a really good way for like people to think that it's actually good because um, you know those kind of soft well, word of mouth really is the
1: best good. way yeah
2: yeah um so that's the show for the week uh we apologize for parker's sound quality but like we said pretty soon we'll be reporting from chile so <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> only much gonna get worse <laughs> only getting worse from the pinochet palace (laughs) (laughs) so uh bye everybody later